Well, dads, happy Father's Day. Men, happy future Father's Day. If you haven't had that opportunity yet, that'll be a great day for you. Um, I'm looking out. We have some barbecue sauce out there that you can pick out on the way up. Guys, after the dads go through, I don't want to take any of this home. Pick one up, all right? Dylan, you get after that, all right? All right. Nick, you get after that, all right? All right. I got 40 minutes to preach the toughest passage in all of Scripture, I swear to you. So turn to Acts chapter 2. Let's just get after it. (laughs) We're in a series called Stay. And um, this series has been powerful to me. I hope it's been powerful to you. I do feel the need to catch us up because I see so many new faces. So We're in a series called Stay. Here's the premise. It's from Luke chapter 24 and Acts chapter 1. Luke chapter 24 and Acts chapter 1. Luke writing, both Luke and Acts, book 1, book 2, okay? They go together. They're both written to Theophilus. It's a guy he's trying to like say, hey, this is the faith to strengthen him. Must have been a wealthy guy. He paid to have it written. Aren't you glad God uses people to pay for the writing of the Word of God and uses people to write the Word of God? I mean, it's it's awesome. Now you're in Acts chapter 2, correct? Put your finger there, and I'm going to flip back to Luke chapter 24 because I feel the need to set this up for you. And here's the deal. I asked our church right after Easter... Resurrection Sunday came, and I was like, now that's power. God rose himself from the dead. Woo! Right? Yeah, amen. May it be so. It is so. It already happened. Right? And it can happen again and again and again, because he has that power. All authority was given to Jesus. All right. So I'm sitting there, and then we had a baptism service the week after that. And it was like, dead to life. Right? Right there in the tank. And I'm going, hold on. How come in our lives as Christians, we churchy people that go to church, how come we have no victory, no power? We like go through life, we're like, oh, I'm so addicted to pornography. Uh, I, so, I worry so much. I have so much anxiety. I'm like, where's the power? I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. I don't preach to you. I preach first to me. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm going, where is the power, God Almighty? And so I started to look. And I started to see that God's like, hey guys, hang out, wait around. I'm sending you the promise, synonymous with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. Now, if you remember, I preached back Oh, man, you guys were here. I preached John 10, uh, 14, 15, and 16, right? Abide, I, I preached that a while back. And it was like, Jesus said, I'm leaving. And they're like, ah! Don't go! And you would too if you were with Jesus. If Jesus was right here with you, if he ate dinner with you, he'd be like, no, 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 stay. It's not time to go. And, but what did he say? He said, it is to your advantage. What? 
What could be more advantageous than having Jesus Christ our Lord physically with us at all times? Having the Spirit, three in one, it's just like having Jesus, having the Holy Spirit with us all the time. Everywhere we go, all the time. You're like, I don't want him with me when I'm sinning. I know, you're grieving him. And that's why you're not having a victory. That's it. So I started to look at this, and I was like, what do we do? What do we do? Okay, here's what we do. Uh, I'm in Luke chapter 24. Look at verse 44. Then he said to them, Jesus speaking. I can't read it all, so I got I to catch you up. These are my words. Pretty important if Jesus is saying it, that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That's John 14, 15, 16. That everything written about me in the law of Moses, that's the first five books of the Bible, and the prophets, that's all the prophets, and the Psalms, that's the middle, the poetry, must be fulfilled. Okay, there are 2,500, 2,500 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus Christ. Guess what? Over 2,000 of them have been fulfilled. I'll give you just a taste. There's a little piece of paper out there that says, Prophecies Fulfilled in Jesus. Go ahead and take that and study it and let it build your faith this week. All right? Keep going. Then he, this is the key, because you read the Old Testament. Anybody read the Old Testament? You're like, what is that? What? This is why you need the Holy Spirit. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Well, when's Jesus going to do that for me? The Holy Spirit. Right? And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ, what is Christ synonymous for? What is it? Jesus, yeah. Messiah. Messiah. Right? Why would that matter? Because we say Christ and we're like, we ain't Christ. It's like, what's Christ? Christ is Messiah. It's Messiah. Why is it important that it's Messiah? Because they all knew what Messiah was. They wanted somebody to come rescue them. They wanted somebody to come be their hero, their king, their David. They wanted their borders to increase. They wanted to be successful. What does he say about the Messiah? Why is this shocking to us and to the Jews? Thus it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer. What? He's going to be a conquering king. No, he's a suffering servant first. And the church age between the two is a surprise to everybody. You're like, no, it wasn't a surprise to me. Because you're in the church age. You are the church. You think the Jews thought this was coming? Uh Uh-uh. They're like, oh, my goodness. I thought we were the only ones. No, he wants to put a lot more people in. All right, so he says that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, which he did, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, not just one nation, not just Israel, or we have a complex just like they do, one nation under God, indivisible, we're Americans, Act like it. All right. So, getting on my soapbox. To all nations, all tongues and tribes, be, this in Acts 2 is going to be important for that, beginning from Jerusalem. So it's going to start there because salvation comes from the Jews. You are witnesses of these things. 
That's the end goal. We are going to witness for Jesus Christ. We are going to speak in Christ, through Christ. All right. And behold, listen everybody, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. What is the, what is the command? Stay! Do you think they understood? Eh, not sure. See this middle one right here? Gone fishing. We've been in this series, so you're missing some stuff. You can go back and listen online. I hope the quality's good. I don't know. But on day one, John chapter 20, he's raised from the dead, and guess what? He comes to the disciples that evening, and he breathes on them, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about. For the first time, they have something powerful in them. But he didn't just say in them, he said on them. He said it's going to come on you. Right? All right, keep that in mind. Thomas wasn't there, so eight days later, you got Thomas going, I won't believe it! You know anybody like that? I was like that. You were probably like that. Lest I touch Jesus, lest I see it for myself. He was a disciple. He'd been with Christ. He didn't believe his buddies. They're all saying it. I saw Jesus. We saw Jesus. He's alive. He's like, I don't believe it. Let that represent the rest of the world. We all know Jesus is alive. And they're stubborn as stubborn gets. And until God opens up their eyes through the power of the Holy Spirit, they're going to be stubborn. Let's not be angry about it. We all once were lost. But God. So let's go with that love that we're learning from God. And let's tell them, man, this place is a bad place. This is a crooked generation. Save yourself. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, right? Let's do that, all right? They went fishing. So they go up to Galilee. They're supposed to meet Jesus on a mountain, right? We studied all this. And instead of on the mountain, where are these dudes? On the sea. Wrong answer, guys. So he's like cutting off the fish. You know what I mean? You know how God does that? Kind of makes it like kind of hard for you when you're not like in the right spot? Nobody ever had that happen to him? Only a few times here. Right? And he kind of cuts it off and is like, oh my goodness, what's going on? I must have screwed up. Maybe he just wants to teach me more. Right? Maybe he wants to just teach me more. So he teaches them, hey, 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 hey. And he restores Peter. So he calls him to shore. But first, what does he do? He gives him a full catch of fish. He's like, let me just show you how powerful I am. Just give me a second here. Hey, put it on the other side. And they do that, and they catch a bunch of fish. Peter jumps in, goes crazy. They have this huge reunion. That's all I can give you. All right, then, a few days later, we don't know when this was. It was in between day 8 and day 40. A few days later, they're in Jerusalem where they're supposed to be. He got them back, right? And where they're supposed to be, and he says, hey, stay. And they got 10 days. What did we just do? 10 days of prayer. Now, did we do 10 days of prayer because we're trying to have Pentecost happen again? Hmm. See, that's where the commentator just disagrees. 
Some people say, yeah, let's do it. Other people say, that's a one-time event like the resurrection. I was like, we've had more than one resurrection. Jesus resurrected Lazarus. Peter, Paul, get up. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'm always going to tell you when I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to wait for the Pentecost to happen again. I don't know. Seems like a starting event, like a beginning. But it seems like what happens, the way it happened, happened then. But what happens when we surrender to God can happen now. All right? Let's not just like, oh, it's one or the other. Either it's for today or it's not for today. Ah, I'm out of either camp. How about I practice the principles Jesus is teaching us and I see what Jesus wants to do with my life? How about that? Okay? So, stay. Now, they've received the Holy Spirit, breathed on them, all right? He's ascended up and he said, stay. Look at chapter 1 of Acts. So, back to Acts. Chapter 1 of Acts, he says, verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. So this is Jesus talking. It's in red. You got it in red there? All right, well, that's important, right? For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized, immersed, soaking wet, right? You will be transformed, right? filled up to overflowing with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. All right, so we've been waiting for that. We've been talking about that. title of the message today is The Holy Spirit. That's a big topic. (laughs) That's a big topic. But I'm going to go at it from Acts chapter 2 because we're a Bible-teaching church. So look at Acts chapter 2. Let's just read it, and then I'm going to give you the things that I've seen in the Scriptures, and I think from here, you're going to have to go, and you're going to have to study, and you're going to have to give me some more time to get after some of the things that I'm discovering, and let's discover them together. Okay, so Acts chapter 2, if you're there, say you're there. Okay, so half of you are there, and the other half might not want to participate. That's okay. All right, I'm there. When the day of Pentecost arrived, does that mean anything to you? Let's just have a little interaction. What does that mean to you? I'm not Jewish. means nothing. What does it mean? Pentecost means 50. Right in your Bible, Leviticus 23. Yeah, the place you go for your Bible reading every day. Leviticus 23. Right? Just write that there. And sometime when you want to do a lot of math, you know, who, who likes math? Great, you'll love Leviticus 23 because you've got to do math to figure it out. Okay, but everybody else is like, I ain't never going to Leviticus 23. You can say whatever you want. It ain't happening. It's like, it's all about the feasts. Passover. Pretty big deal to the Jews because he passed over. He didn't kill the firstborn. Killed his own firstborn on a cross, but didn't kill theirs because of the blood representing the cross. Got it? There's so many, I can't even teach you one thousandth of the things that connect together. Jesus is like, 
Woo! But you have Passover. Okay? Then you got the next day, which is the first fruits. Okay? Passover on Saturday, first fruits on Sunday, and they're doing this first fruits fe feast. And then 50 days later, okay, 49 plus 1, okay, is Pentecost. So Pentecost comes. That's another big deal. They have these pieces of bread, two pieces, Jew, Gentile. There's so many things you could do. Unleavened bread, holy. There's so many things you could just pull out, right? But it's Pentecost. It's 50 days after the resurrection. The resurrection was on the first fruits day, the day after Passover. Pentecost is 50 days later. These are all important to Jewish culture. Who is Jesus trying to get the attention of? The Jews to say, all of this stuff you learned from the Old Testament, yeah, it's about me. It's about me. And didn't we say that two weeks ago? One of the points of the message was, it's all about Jesus. All right, keep going. You got it, Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, 50, arrived. They were all together. Still, 10 days later, still together. Yep, they didn't give up and go home. They didn't go fishing again. Nope. Good job, guys. Way to go. In one place. And suddenly. Now, I can't really give you what that means. It's like suddenly. I kind of, I think I understand. Like, like right now. Like whenever God wanted it to happen, it happened quickly. There came from heaven. That's important. Not from anywhere else. This is from God. A sound, so they heard it first, like a mighty rushing wind. Maybe they had heard that on the lake sometime, right? These are fishermen, a lot of them. That's what they're comparing it to. Oh yeah, like a rushing wind. That's what the sound was. It was really loud. And it filled, I circled that in my Bible, filled, this is a key, filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now, was it the upper room or was it the temple? Because the house could mean either, right? And you know what? You start reading commentaries. This is the thing about reading commentaries. You're like, oh, well, this guy knows what he's talking about, John MacArthur. Well, this guy knows what he's talking about, Warren Wiersbe. They disagree. One says, oh, it's got to be the temple. For sure. Another one says, it's got to be the upper room. For sure. Well, you can't be right. Both of you, no. They were together in one place. It was a house. Does it matter if it was at the temple or at the upper room? No. All that tells us is whether they're scared or not. That's all it tells us. And I don't know. I can tell you this, after that, they weren't scared anymore. <laughs> it says in John 4, the lady, the woman at the well, you remember her, the woman at the well? She says, where do we worship? Trying to get him off of like her own sin issue. Where do we worship exactly, prophet? We worship on the mountain, like our fathers say, or in Jerusalem, like the Jews say. And what does Jesus answer? The time is coming and is now here when the true worshipers, 
So he's calling that fake worship on the mountain. He's calling that fake worship on Jerusalem. He's like, no, 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 that's not true worship. I'm going to show you something new. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Where? True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Where? Where? In spirit and in truth. That's right. Wherever you are. So I don't care if they're in the temple or in the upper room. What I care about is the fact that they're worshiping God. That's what I care about. All right. Keep learning. It's cool. They were sitting. I think that's another thing that's really important. They weren't standing and they weren't kneeling. Those are two uh, postures of prayer. Typically, sitting wasn't that posture for Jews, at least. Okay? But if they were standing, or if they were kneeling, that would be prayer. So we don't know if they're praying or not. It, it, I know they did 10 days of prayer. They were praying a lot. But at the particular time, it doesn't feel like they were like twisting God's arm in prayer to do this. Right? So I'm just, just what I'm getting insight from the words that I'm reading that the Holy Spirit used Luke to write. And divided tongues... What? What the crud are we talking about? Divided tongues. Like, I only have one tongue, and it ain't divided. So what are we talking about? Well, good clarifier. We need a little clarification. He's talking about as of fire. So it's not fire, or he would have just said fire. It's not fire. A lot of people get this wrong. They're like, oh, well, fire came down. It's not fire. It's as of fire. Right? Let me just read. I'm just reading the word. Divided tongues. That's what fell on them. But it like, was flickering, you know? like It's like flickering like fire does. And it's like flickering as it fills the room. And then it falls on each individual. You'll see it here in a second. Divided tongues as of fire appeared, so they're now seeing. They heard first, loud. Everybody go, all at once. One, two, three. It's not that loud. That wouldn't even get my attention. Can you imagine the loudness if people are going to run to a place, the room or the temple, doesn't matter. If people are going to run to a place because they heard a loud noise, how loud it would have to be deafening loud. Like my voice when I get really loud. You're like, ooh, turn them down. Like louder than that. Okay? Are we getting the picture? Louder than that. Okay. So he, he divided tongues as of fire appeared. So they saw, appeared to them, and they rested on each one of them. appeared to them, and it was like distributing them, okay? It, 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 it like comes down, it's like fire, but like fire, not fire, and then it's like, and it sits on each one of them. How many people? I didn't hear the number. 120, good. It's not 12, it's 120. They all, all had this, okay? They're all together. Verse 4, the verse we've all been waiting for. How many weeks have you been waiting? Since April 18th. April 18th. 
We've been waiting for this verse. It's been a long time. I don't know if you're bored. I'm not. But we've gone over it and over it and over it and over it. Stay waiting for the promise. Stay waiting for the promise. How many times have I said it? If I had a dollar for every time I said it, I could stop being a pastor. Why would I want to do that? And they were all filled. There's the word, circle it in your Bible. They were filled. I thought he said they were going to be baptized. Didn't he say they were going to be baptized? Okay, hold on, wait a second. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Is Jesus a liar? You're going to be baptized. Well, the Holy Spirit must have got it wrong. Luke screwed up. He wrote filled. You know what everybody's asking in the commentaries? There's this big debate between baptism and filling. You want to know why? Because everybody has the theological construct they got to fit this God into. I am fed up with putting God in my dinky box, no matter what religion I am, and going... Fit right in here. Oh, oh I, I got to twist. I got to turn. I got to get that word to say what I want to say. He said, you will be baptized. This says, and they were filled. I'm just reading the word. I'm reading all these commentaries because I want to be all smart. And they're making me dumb. Because they counteract the word of God. At times. The commentaries are really good. I don't want to throw them under the bus, but I'm, it gets so confusing when people are so dogmatic about their thing and it doesn't add up. And they were all filled. This is the most important thing. What does it say next? That's it! That's the title of the message. I explained all that to you to get to the main thing, the Holy Spirit. What should we be focused on? Well, what room are they in? Well, what did it look like? What did it sound like? Well, it was the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. All right. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. There's a large debate about speaking in tongues. We've never once studied it in our church. Not one time. Almost 10 years old, this church. Never once studied it. Guess why? Because in order to preach it, you'd have to know what it means. And I never spoke in tongues until last year. God never loosened my lips to feel that or to have that connection with him. So I could never preach it, right? And now that I'll call it a prayer language, now that God has opened my mouth to speak to him freely, I'll teach you about it. I understand how much I don't understand about it, right? It's like I see people over here, I read books and stuff, and I see people over here, they're like jumping off the high dive, doing like, you know, twists and turns, and 
And I'm over here in the like zero depth and going, you know, I'm splashing around like, yeah, this is awesome, you know, (laughs) pooping my pants, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm in the kitty end, right? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. That's it. So, my man, Bob, Pastor Bob, if you want to be respectful, Pastor Bob is going to preach on July 11th about speaking in tongues. He's taught me a ton about it. I'm learning about it. Not forcing it on anyone. This is a gift of God, right? Like, I was saved. This is my story. I'm sticking to it. I was saved January 15th, 1992. I was 16 years old. I was baptized in water January 15th, figure that out, 2006. I was 30 years old. I was baptized, filled, I don't know what to call it, in the car going up Viola Road. On August 24th, 2020. And something came out of my mouth I've never heard before. I still don't understand. Except for what I read in Scripture, and it starts to make sense when you put it together. So, enough of that. More of that. July 11th. you got a big assignment, my friend. This church has not heard a word. They're like, I mean, you got, oh man, you have totally put him in a bad spot. But he's going to do it. All right. We'll explain. We begin to speak, might take more than one week. We begin to speak in tongues, other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. They, they spoke in their own strength? No. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, that's so, so important. Okay, now I'm just going to start reading it because those verses, we're going to form this whole thing. Now I've got to read it for you. Here we go. Verse 5. Strap up. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men. I've, I've made highlights of that. Devout men from every nation under heaven. Who is it for? All the earth. Praise the Lord. Not just for the Jews. I'm expanding the the kingdom of God is here. At this sound, so they heard it first, before they saw it, they heard it. The multitude, there's a crowd. We know it's at least 3,000 people because 3,000 got saved. Some of them rejected. It might have been more. Had to be more. So a multitude, a big number, came together. They all came running. So it's like a tornado, man. To get that many attention, like, I... I was sitting in our office the other day. Kristen Alexander helps me in the office. She was like there, and, it, and it, like, boom! I was like, oh, I wish we were outside. We could see the lightning, because then we'd know how long till the rain, right? And that was it. One thing. We didn't go running. They caught our attention, but we didn't go running. It had to be bigger than that. Like, bigger than a transformer blowing up, you know? It, it's a big deal. All right. So, the sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered. That's a word. (laughs) Go look that up. Because each one of them was hearing them speak 
and his own language. So what kind of tongues? Other tongues. Not a prayer language. A real language. Mesopotamian, if that's a language. All these different, I'll, I'll read them for you. All in their own language. 120 people speaking. Several languages represented. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Now, are not all these that are speaking Galileans? Now, how did they know they were Galileans? Sound brought them to them. Sight taught them that they were Galileans. Galileans must look different. Are they a different color? Do they wear different clothes? I don't know. Could have studied that. But they're different. So something they saw said, these guys are different. They're Galileans. Aren't these guys Galileans? They look like Galileans. And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Guys, just in case you want to bring the Old Testament in, this is the reversal of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is when God's like, you know what? Y'all are a mess. Boom. Right? Pentecost when he said, y'all are a mess. You need the kingdom of God. I'm going to bring you back together in unity. And I'm going to do it supernaturally, just like at the Tower of Babel, I made you spread out. You got Parthians. That's Iran, modern day Iran. Parthians. I got a little map here. Couldn't get that on the screen because I couldn't find it. Last time I preached Acts 2, which was not like this. So you got Parthians, okay? Parthians are way to the, uh, well, here, I'll hold it up for you. You can kind of get it. Parthians are way this way to the east, okay? Okay? So you got Parthians. You got Medes, modern day Turkey. You got Elamites, Iran again, and residents of Mesopotamia, that's Iraq, Judea, we know where that's at, it's in the middle, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, that's all up in Asia here, okay? And it's modern day Turkey, Phrygia and uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, south. Parts of Libya, farther west in the south, belonging to Cyrene, even farther west in the south. He's kind of making a pattern now. And he visitors from Rome, so now he's way over on the west. And then he comes back from Rome to the center, and he says, Crete, right? Cretans. And he's like, hold on, I left something out. Down here, way down here in south is Arabia, where Paul went when he was getting away with the Lord after he was saved. That's a lot of countries. That's a lot of languages. Anybody speak a foreign language? Who speaks a foreign language? Raise your hand really high. Foreign language? Foreign language? I got one. I got two. I feel like an auctioneer now. I got three. You speak two foreign languages. Or how many? Four? Five? All right. Can you speak them all at the same time? So what I want to have you do is stand up and start speaking your language. All right? So go ahead. Stand up. You guys stand up. Todd, you're in. Just, just try it. Just do the best you can. Speak any words you can in a foreign language, all right? So go ahead. You're gonna, what are you going to speak in? Which one? 
Congonese? Congonese and French. All right, got it. So you guys speak. You want to speak? Just everybody speak at once. Go ahead. You can be as loud or as soft as you want. Go ahead. Go. Yeah, it's great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, so can you imagine that? That was four. Can you imagine 120 people doing that? Is that an example? I mean, that, I mean, I don't know what he said. I don't know what he said. I don't know what, that was Spanish, right? But I couldn't, I mean, did you say uno? No, just, I, I don't know what you said. Hola? <laughs> you get how it could be confusing? But it wasn't confusing. Why? Because somehow, supernaturally, they heard their own language. Can you imagine how that, 5,000, we'll say, or 4,000 came together, and it was all of a sudden like 120 preachers, speakers were speaking, and they kind of made pockets where they were like, hey, that's my guy. He's speaking my language. Oh, he's, he's my guy. That's, he's speaking my language. And they're, they go and they listen. That's what you guys came to do, right? Am I speaking your language? You came to listen. Praise the Lord. Good job. Wasn't any big bell, was there? Maybe the Holy Spirit told you to be here today. We hear them telling, speaking in our own languages, our own tongues, the mighty works of God. What were they saying? The mighty works of God. They were like, God is good. God will save you from your sins. Jesus is Lord. He's the Messiah. Maybe from the Old Testament, I don't know. They're just telling the good, the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does he say? What does it mean? That's the main question today. Guys, I think I know what it means. But here's the problem. As I read the passage, what does it mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. All right. Now let me just break this down for you in the next few minutes. We're going to come back to this. We got to come back to this. Three things I see. In the passage, I see waiting. I mean, how many days did they wait? Ten, right? Now, how long will it take you? I don't know. How devout are you? Oh, it depends on me. Uh, no, it's from heaven. It depends on him. But God's not going to cram himself into somebody who doesn't want him. Charlie and I have a good conversation about seeking the Lord. Delighting yourself in the Lord. What was that verse you shared with me from Proverbs? Okay, what does it say? You remember? It's about diligently seeking Him. Yeah. Yeah. I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. So you go watch TV for the next week, 
you go play Xbox, you go do whatever you want to do, eat whatever you want to do, hang out with whoever you want to hang out with, I'm not sure you should expect to draw near to God. The Bible says in Malachi, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It also says that in James, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, okay? Confession, we have communion down here. We're going to end our service with communion. Why? Because I feel like right now, our church needs to get into a posture of, God, we need you, and in order to make room for you, i got to get rid of some stuff. Because if we want this to happen, waiting isn't sitting on your hands. Waiting is, what needs to go? What can I get rid of that's hindering me from hearing God? Because if speaking in tongues is a real thing, I want it. If, if signs, wonders, miracles, if prophecy is a real thing, then I want more of the Lord. So what needs to go so that that can be? That's where I'm at. I'm like, God, empty me. Empty me of everything and fill me with you. That's the second word. As we wait, empty, filling. Why am I emptying myself? Because I want to be filled with him. If we learn anything from the passage, we learn the word filling is the key word besides the Holy Spirit. They were filled. It filled the room. They're filled, filled individually with the Holy Spirit. And then at the end, they accused them of being filled with, with drink. You drank too much barbecue sauce. No, no, that's not why I'm talking like this. The last thing is speaking. Waiting. Filling. Why is filling so important? Because it brings speaking. And why is speaking so important? Because we are told to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. That's as clear as I can make it. And I don't have it all figured out, and I'm going to keep studying it, but I'm telling you, wait, be filled to speak in Jesus' name. All right? Wait, be filled. You're like, what can I do? I can't do anything to be filled. Empty yourself. Get rid of it all. And that's what we're going to do today. All right? Let's do that right now. I'm going to give you a second. These guys are going to come up and play song. Goodness of God. He is a great father. But this is the application. We're going to sit in it. There's communion down here. You can take communion whenever you're ready. You can take it home with you. And take it at home. We've made it portable. Right? Don't leave it out in the sun. It ain't going to taste good. Shake it before you take it. It's maybe real juice. I don't know. But it's the way we do it. We confess our sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You're like, well, I'm saved. I've been bathed. I've been washed. Yeah, you, you have. But Jesus gave us an example in John 13 
where he washed the disciples' feet. And Peter's like, don't, you can't wash my feet. And he's like, if I don't wash you, I have no part in you. He's like, well, not my feet only, my hands and my head. He's like, no, 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 you're clean. You're saved. You need only your feet washed. Why? Because when we trek through this world, we get dirty. Filthy. We need our feet washed. We wash one another's feet as we say to one another, I don't see you that way anymore. I no longer regard you according to the flesh. I regard you according to the Spirit. So if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, now I've gotten all the believers on board, right? Now here's the thing. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, communion's not for you unless you're ready to accept Jesus Christ. See, this is a symbol. His body broken, his blood spilled for you. This cleanses you from all your sin, past, present, and future. So if you need to receive Christ, it's a great day for you. Just pray something like this. God, I'm a sinner and I know it. God, I need a Savior and it's you, Jesus Christ. I receive your body and blood broken for me. And you know what you're receiving along with that? You're receiving the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come fill you. And just see what happens from there. As you empty yourself and are full of Him, there's going to be some awesome things that happen. All right? Okay. Let me pray. These guys are going to sing. You guys take communion as you are ready. And we're going to leave. And we're going to keep studying this. I'm going to stay on it. Because I think there's so much here in Acts 2 that we have to learn. Father God, we love you. If there's anyone that we love more than you, we repent. We're sorry. God, there's been times in my life where I love basketball more than you. There's been times in my life where I love food more than you. There's been times in my life where I loved Kimberly more than you. There's been times in my life where I loved church more than you. There's been times in my life where I loved many things more than you. And I confess it to you now, Lord. I'm broken. And I ask you to empty me of all desire for everything else. And to give me one true and holy passion. You alone, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.